MPB Think Radio is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent here with Mary Margaret Miller from Visit Mississippi. Today, Beverly Norris tells us about a wonderful blues event honoring the late Willie King in Columbus. Angela Baker takes us to the movies in Starkville with the Magnolia Film Festival. John Grady Burns gets us ready for the second Saturday in Natchez. And Kevin Kirby has a fun way to take in the site. He'll tell us about it. Also, in this week's A Threat Through Time, we'll discuss the history behind Mississippi's eight public universities with Dr. Hilliard Lackey. Give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING to tell us about any local events going on in your area. That's 877-672-7464 or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. It's Next Stop Mississippi, and it's coming up after the news on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent here with Mary Margaret Miller from Visit Mississippi. And today we're going to talk about several things. Beverly Norris is going to tell us about a wonderful blues event honoring the late Willie King in Columbus. Uh, Angela Baker is, take, is going to take us to the movies in Starkville with the Magnolia Film Festival. John Grady Burns will talk about Second Saturday coming up in Natchez. And Kevin Kirby has a fun way to take in the sights in Natchez. We'll hear from him as well. Also, we'll feature this week's A Threat Through Time and discuss the history behind Mississippi's eight public universities. You can give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING to let us know about any local events going on in your area. We have made it to the month of March, so if there are any uh, March kickoff events you'd like to let us know about, 877-672-7464 is the number, or send an email to nextstop at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Mary Margaret. Happy March. <laughs> Good morning, Sharita. Happy March to you. It's great to be with you. My favorite hour of the week. Is it? That's so sweet. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. It seems like we're moving by pretty fast in the year 2017. And this weather is so weird. I was at first first Thursdays yesterday in Fondren's, Fondren's first Thursday. When we first got out there at 5, it was kind of warm. And by the time it got to 7, 730, it was freezing. The wind was blowing, but it was still a great event. There were lots of people out there. They had vendors, uh, lots of different food uh, out there. I got on the dance floor and I was dancing. They had a little hip hop uh, set up in front of uh, the salsa place uh, in the Fondren area. So it was really fun. I got kettle corn. I'm telling you, that is a cool event. I think it's been going for about four years now and it's really cool. Yeah. You know, I actually made it out to Fondren first Thursday last night as well. I missed you. I know. Well, you know, I'm always looking for you, (laughs) but uh, we, um, we live about a half a mile from Fondren. So Mm -hmm. it was very cool, but we loaded everybody up and bundled up and walked up to Fondren and uh, just a great scene there, you know, people milling around and whatnot. But I like what they're doing now. Uh, Last night was what they called the State Street Concert Series. Mm -hmm. So there seemed to be multiple stages of music. And uh, we headed over to the stage behind um, Roosters in the Fondren Corner Building. They had a a nice band set up there on the uh, roof of the parking garage. So got to hear uh, my friend Tommy Brian Ledford and uh, his band play. Always enjoy uh, their good kind of Mississippi singer-songwriter music. And uh, there was a female 
comedian who uh, took the stage during the set break. How did I miss this? How did I miss? Nobody so told me anything. So much going on. Wow. Well, I did get to sit in with uh, Patrick Barkman's band. Uh, he owns Fondren Guitar right there on the uh, guitars on the corner, and he has some children's bands. So they were performing. There were multiple bands, and I got to sit in and I played Purple Rain with them, and it was really fun. Oh, I bet that was great. <laughs> I hate I missed that. Yeah, they're so talented. They range from high school and middle school, and just to see them playing instruments at such a young age, it just took took me back because I got started when I was nine or ten year ten years old, and so to be playing with them was very special. Their parents were out there cheering them on, so that was really cool. Well, I'm glad to hear about Patrick Harkins and this young group of, of musicians. One of the things we're going to talk about on the show today is this um, upcoming Willie King Festival in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And man, that was his legacy, was getting young people playing music and involved in the community. And, you know, what a better way to, you know, uh, yeah. give back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, each week this year, we're going to look at MPB's series, A Threat Through Time, and speak about the topic covered in this week's One Minute documentary as we celebrate the bicentennial. Uh, So let's take a listen at this week's installment. On February 24th, 1844, the state legislature laid the foundation for public higher education in Mississippi. The University of Mississippi enrolled its first students four years later. Then came Alcorn State, the nation's first land-grant college for African Americans, soon followed by Jackson State, Mississippi's urban university. An agricultural, horticultural, and mechanical college came next. Today, we know it as Mississippi State. Mississippi University for Women was the first all-female public college in the country. Originally founded for teacher training, the University of Southern Mississippi is now the third largest school. The two youngest members of the university family are Delta State, founded in 1924, and Mississippi Valley State, founded in 1946. Today... These eight institutions enroll more than 80,000 students annually. This has been Mississippi, a thread through time. All right, that was uh, Marshall Ramsey, the narrator there, with some really good information about our our universities. And before we get to uh, Dr. Hilliard Lackey, who's on the line and is going to talk with us about Jackson State, I'd like to talk with you, Mary Margaret, and Sam about the public universities you went to. Uh, It it should be no secret that Sam is a huge uh, (laughs) Ole Miss and State fan. So, Sam, where did you go to school? Well, I'm not a State fan, per se. Uh, I do enjoy the the town, (laughs) but... uh, uh, Mary Margaret also went to Ole Miss also. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to Ole Miss. It's a, um, they make you take a, uh, a university studies course at Ole Miss, so you leave there kind of knowing exactly the history of the university. Of course, as Marshall said here, it was founded in 1848. Uh, Mary Margaret, you were a student there as well, and you know uh, firsthand, I mean, there's so much history on that campus. I mean, it's just, uh, it was a battleground during the Civil War. The Lyceum was used as a hospital. Uh, it, was I mean, a it was a battleground during the civil the 60s, rights. During as the civil well, rights yeah. movement, with the James Merediths, uh, with his um, integration to the university. So, I, I mean, you know, for, for lack of a, uh, for it doesn't lack any history for sure. Uh, some of it negative, uh, but it, it's come a a, a vastly uh, long way since then. Of course, they hosted the presidential debate in 2008, and that was a just an outstanding commercial really for the state of Mississippi and its race relations and as far and and especially for uh for Ole Miss because of course they had the debate on Friday night and then football team beat Florida and Tim Tebow <laughs> Saturday uh the next day so it was a big uh it was a big celebration that whole weekend but uh and, and Mississippi State of course uh, one of the first land-grant universities um to come here the uh, the city of Starkville and Mississippi State's kind of experiencing a renaissance now with restaurants and a downtown vibrant scene that's opening up I know Mary Margaret when you and I were in at Ole Miss uh 
course, Egg Bowl week, I guess, is of everybody's arrival. But the rest of the year, everybody just goes and comes to each university and hangs out with their buddies and they go there. And uh, Starkville was not the, the budding uh, business-friendly place that it is today. It is really, really growing quickly. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful town, a great town and gown experience there. My brother and his family live in Starville, and, you know, uh, just such a close relationship between uh, the community members and uh, the university community there. And, you know, working in uh, in-state government and working in tourism, I, I have this great joy of being able to work with a lot of the state's universities, you know, and uh, colleges and universities. And Alcorn, my, my friend Karen Matlock uh, over at Visit Mississippi, is really just one of the most unique settings, I, I think, of, of, a, of a college experience I've ever um, I've ever come to know and um, do a lot of work with our friends over at Delta State University and the Delta National Heritage Area, which is housed there, of course, you know, the new Grammy Museum on site. So we've got a lot of good people doing great work. Research, uh, a lot of research takes place in the state. But um, yeah, I believe Mississippi State has the largest vet school in the nation. Hmm. Mm. So. Well, you know, uh, Alcorn and Jackson State are rivals, uh, but I have heard that there are some really, uh, there's a lot of great development happening at Alcorn. It's been so long since I went, um, but pretty much everybody who goes there loves the university, and, and you can understand why it's a healthy rival between us and Jackson State, because they're both dynamic universities. Uh, Dr. Hilliard Lackey is on the line with us, and he's going to talk with us a little bit about Jackson State, my alma mater. Good morning to you, Dr. Lackey. How are you? Good morning and hello to all who are on the air right now and all of those who got the radios tuned in. Good morning. Yes, Good morning. Sir. Well, we are excited to hear a little bit about the history of, of Jackson State. A lot of uh, notable things have happened on that campus as well. It was uh, very exciting. I know when I was there, President Barack Obama came through. Uh, I got to see uh, First Lady Michelle Obama speak uh, at the, the graduation recently. So those are some things that stick out in my mind. But, uh, Dr. Lackey, could you talk a little bit about our history? Jackson State wasn't always a university. At, at some point, it was a college, and then it was renamed Jackson State University. By all means, we, we started off in Natchez, Mississippi, as Natchez Seminary to train preachers primarily, and then had to do something with the non-preachers, like the wives or the girls or the who are going to be wives. And so we had homemaking and preaching as our number one and number two, uh, number two and number one, and eventually we became uh, a minister training ground in Natchez. But in 1884, we relocated here to Jackson at the uh, Mount Helm Baptist Church. Then we built a building where Millsaps College is located called uh, Founders Hall by 1897 or so. And we stayed there until 1904 when we relocated to John Roy Lynch Street, which was not named John Roy Lynch Street in West Jackson. But we did on 84 acres. And now we are in 1940, we ceased to be a church-related school, and we became a state institution of higher learning. So in 1940, we wrestled with name changes, Mississippi Negro Training School, Jackson College for Negro Teachers. And finally, in 1956, uh, Jackson State College. In 1974, Jackson State University. So yeah. now Mississippi's Urban University, and we are doctoral grand. Uh, uh, university. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we are considered a a research university too, right? Uh, talk about what that means. It means that we are uh, eligible now for 
for the federal grants and other grants that will enable us to uh, uh, do high-level high research. For example, we have been working on mosquitoes uh, and uh, born diseases for a long time now. We're about to come up with a cure, and we also found a partial cure for prostate cancer mm. by identifying uh, the, uh, the, the diseases, uh, the parasites, not parasites, but, well, whatever they are. <laughs> I'm, I'm a social scientist, so we found, a, found the essence of that, that starts that off. So by that, our faculty members who are doing research can always have release time, and we are, again, eligible for the types of grants from the federal government and federal agencies. And by the way, you know, the White House just uh, re re relocated the White House initiative on HBCUs from the Department of Education over to the White House itself to give more impetus for these HBCUs, historical black colleges and universities, to mm -hmm. receive federal grants and contracts. So Jackson State is in a catbird seat because we are a Carnegie-level uh, research institution of higher learning. Well, Dr. Lackey, the, the Margaret Walker Center that you have there on campus is really, um, I think, doing such a good job pressing forward with, um, you know, scholarly research on Margaret Walker, but also the social issues that re she really represents. And I love the work they're doing, as well as uh, Dr. Rico Chapman and our friends over at the COFO Center, always at, out front in the community, putting on great programming. Outstanding. Yes, we do social science, the side of life as well, and so I'm so glad you mentioned it. Dr. Robert Luckett over the Margaret Walker Alexander Center. They're just doing an outstanding job. Rico Chadman with the COFO. Namely, out at my place, the Jake Ayer Center, we're doing high-level research, but it's more, it's not as, how we, can we say, not as romantic because it's a doctoral-level work uncovering teaching and learning, pedagogy, uh, understanding that we are making an impact on the world. So, there are many good things going on, and we are just so excited and so happy about it all. Now, Dr. Lacker, we just came out of Black History Month, and I'd like for you to talk about uh, a piece of history that, that sits on the campus, uh, the Gibbs Green Plaza. Could you talk a little bit about that um, that particular thing that happened uh, back in, in the in the 70s and, and how the Gibbs Green Plaza came about? By all means. Jackson State is bisected by, that is, right down through the middle of campus, we have John Roy Lynch Street, which in those days, 1970, was a thoroughfare from downtown to West Jackson, out, out to the west side of Jackson, on, on over to Vicksburg and, and all. Well, the dormitories on one side of the street and the academic buildings on the other. <laughs> so, mm. due to that, the crisscross, the the John Roy Lynch Street, you know, every day and every night, all through the day, and cars had to stop for them. And, and so I, at one point in life, a car hit a young lady who was my classmate, and, and we became a little bit uh, a little disturbed about it all. And so we were on our guards about it. And sometimes people would drive through and stop at a traffic light once we got one and would say some racist slurs. So it became a a point in life where there was tension between the races based on that street. Mm. And, and the students would throw rocks at cars and all. But in 1970, on May 13, we had a, a 
some repairs being done on that street, and somebody set fire to one of the uh, repair service trucks from the city uh, at, in, the, in the middle of the night. And the uh, fire truck came and said there was gunfire. In addition to the fire on the truck, there was gunfire. And so they called in the authorities and they sent highway patrol and state troopers as well as a contingency of Jackson policemen. And they marched through the campus and somebody threw a wine bottle from the fourth floor of the dormitory and it hit the street and made a loud noise. The, the policeman was on edge because they was being shouted at and, and, and taunted. And so when the the loud sound came from the wine bottle hitting the street. The policeman opened fire for 28 seconds, firing in all directions. Wow, 28 seconds? Four, oh, my God. 28 seconds and shot 14 students and, and one high school students who were passing through the campus. So, uh, Gibbs and Green were shot. Uh, Green being the James Green being the high school student and Philip Gibbs being the college student who was getting ready to graduate within a week or two. Mm. And so we named the street, uh, that part of the street, the Gibbs Green Plaza and the city of Jackson rerouted the traffic around the campus. And now it's a plaza, pedestrian plaza. Yeah, I remember uh, walking on that plaza many, many times going to class and um, learning the history of it just gave me a greater appreciation for it. Um, well, well, Dr. Lackey, we were just uh, so gracious to have you on this morning. Um, could you uh, let us know where people can go just to find a little bit more about Jackson State if they want to tour the campus? Uh, any thoughts on that? Yes, we have a welcome center. It's situated on the north corner of the uh, student center, which is located at uh, John Roy Lynch Street and Dalton Street. So right there on the north corner of it is right next to the Bank Plus is the uh, Welcome Center. And we just welcome visitors at all times from 9 to 6, from 9 to 7 to tell the truth. From, from 9 o'clock in the morning to 7 in the evening, you can come by and get a tour of the campus, pick up materials and all, and we just welcome you. All right. That's nice. Well, Dr. Lackey, we appreciate you coming on this morning. and uh, Thank you so much for having me on. I plan to be in the, in the uh, studio myself, but I'm here at the car clinic. Trying to get something done, and it just finished. Isn't that something? Yeah, that is something. <laughs> you know how it is at the car care clinic. You go to get a... Uh, you a fine job, and it's so good to hear about <laughs> colleges and universities, history for the state of Mississippi, and uh, I've been here a part of it for so long that I feel like a part of the history myself. But again, I want to uh, congratulate you for thinking of and having this as a topic. Thank Absolutely. You. All right. Thank you, Dr. Lecker. We appreciate you. You know how it is when you go to the car clinic and you get an oil change and they come back and say all these things are wrong. <laughs> exactly. You need a new alternator, a new engine. You're like, nope, I just want an oil change. I say, can I call my husband? <laughs> right. Let me check on this. <laughs> all right. And, um, of course, one of my favorite things about going to Jackson State University was the boom. Get ready. All right. I'm telling you, those football games are just an, an invaluable experience. If you ever get to go to a Jackson State game, go. The drum majors, the band, everybody is awesome. All right. Uh, thanks. I know, for, we got, I, know we got, I know we're short on time here, but they. 
yeah, I lived downtown at the King Edward for a while, and uh-huh. uh, they practice at like midnight, oh, like ten o'clock yeah. at night, like yeah. on the baseball stadium, and you can go on the roof of the King Edward and hear the band playing during the football season. Hey, no matter what school you're pulling for, that's pretty neat to be able yeah, to go out there. It was tough that. for me to get work done because you could go out and watch them practice. It yeah, was awesome. I mean, and they do it at like ten. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot more coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about a wonderful blues event honoring the late Willie King uh, coming up after this break. You can give us a call. Let us know about any local events going on in your area. Eight seven seven MPB ring is the number. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent in studio with Mary Margaret Miller from Visit Mississippi. And now we're going to invite Beverly Norris on the program, and she's going to talk with us about a wonderful blues event honoring late Willie King in Columbus. Good morning to you, Beverly. How are you this morning? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? We're doing well. Thank you so much for being on today. We appreciate you giving us a call. Well, Beverly, we're really excited about this special event you guys have planned for um, the celebration of the life of Willie King, who uh, died back in 2009, but was a great, great, wonderful musician and really community member that um, was from your area. Absolutely. We are we are very excited and proud to do it as well, because as you say, Willie was not only a great blues man, he was just a great man. He was just such a compassionate, loving soul and um, his motto was pass it on, and so that's what we're trying to do with this. We just want to keep on passing on that spirit and the great love of the blues that he also had. Absolutely. Now, um, a lot of people know Willie King from his, his band, Willie King and the Liberators, and, you know, uh, we claim him here in Mississippi. Columbus claims him, uh, you know, uh, old Memphis right across the, the, the Mississippi-Alabama line claims him, but um, but you've got a lot of uh, kind of Willie's friends and a lot of folks who um, studied under him coming together this weekend for this big celebration. Well, that's true. Um, not as many that have actually studied under him. That they, uh, Eden and Vasti, who will be here this weekend, have both worked with Willie, um, enjoyed his his music and and his friendship a lot. Um, and as you say, you know, we kind of both Mississippi and Alabama. We both kind of call call him our own, uh, but we we share. We we want to be you know as gracious as he was and generous. Um, so he's got a huge following, not only here in our area but in Alabama as well. And of course, throughout the world, you know, Willie, Willie traveled and did a lot of uh, other concerts and things everywhere. But he, even as he said to me on his last night here, he said, "You know, I'm a little man. I love the music. I love the people, but I kind of like to stay little. Hmm. He didn't want to get into the the big, you know, big world of music and all. He just he wanted to stay close to his friends." So he did have a have a, a close relationship with uh, people in the community. He was a would you consider an accessible artist? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when he would be here for shows, people would walk up to him and say, oh, I'm having a party out at my barn. Would you come and play? And, and you know, and they'd ask, how much do you want? He said, oh, well, whatever you, whatever you can do, you know. And he, he was not about the money. He was not about the fame. He was just truly about sharing with people and, and just bringing a great spirit. Um, at one of our shows that we had here, I know at the Arts Council, you know, the seats were full and we didn't have any more room. And he said, oh, I don't want to turn anybody away. Let them sit on the stage. And we did. We packed them in. <laughs> he just said, I'm just not, I don't want to turn my people away. 
Oh, that's great. Now, you you guys um, got started really last night with um, a, a writer series with our friend um, Scott Beretta, who hosts Highway 61 Radio. Um, was Scott sharing stories of Willie King, or what was that about? Um, he did. He talked about Willie a good bit, of course, you know, because he's the, he's the man of the hour for this weekend. Um, he did a lot of sharing with other about other blues artists around Mississippi, of course, and talked a lot about the blues trail markers that are, uh, you know, such a great asset to our state that have gone up, which which he reiterated that it's not only about the bigger name blues man in the state, it's also about the, the, the uh, more the community artists and some of the guys who are still true blues man, but they didn't have the big names because that's really where the blues came from. You know, it's just the, the man sitting on the side of the house with a string on a on a wire and um, playing a little guitar and singing about what was happening in his lifetime. Right, and that is how Willie King started his uh, career was with that string, um, you know, on a wire or a wire on a on a on a diddly bow, um, but really became a, a pretty awesome electric player. I love Willie King's style. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, well, uh, the events taking place this weekend are at your um, Columbus Art Center, the Rosenwig Art Center, beautiful space. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what's happening tonight and then into tomorrow. Okay. Uh, we have so many things I have to look at my sheet. Um, okay, well, tonight, as we said, Scott Brady did a great talk last night. We really appreciate him coming. Tonight is Eden Brent, another great star from Mississippi. Um, she's going to be doing a fantastic concert, which starts at 7.30. And then tomorrow we have Vestai Jackson, who is another Mississippi blues man and who actually recently was just nominated for a Grammy um, and, in traditional blues off of a self-produced CD, by the way, which is really tough. Um, and then that will be followed by a concert by a local band, Stormy Monday, down in our gallery. The Eden Wren and Vestal Jackson concerts will be up in the Omnova Theater, which is, by the way, where Willie performed his last concert on March 7, 2009, and then very sadly and unfortunately passed away the next day on the 8th. And then tomorrow also we have a children's dancing class called Dancing the Blues Away for ages 5 to 15, and then tomorrow, starting at 1 o'clock, we will have Biking for the Blues. Uh, kickstands will go up at 1 o'clock. And that is a motorcycle charity ride that's put on by our local um, VFW Riders Group and the Richard Holmes Memorial Veterans Foundation and the Columbus Arts Council. And they're all centered around celebrating the blues. Um, and, of course, in, in the case of the motorcycle ride, it's to raise money mostly for the Veterans Foundation, which um, we always know that there are a lot of um, blues post post-traumatic stress disorder, things like that, are things that they have to deal with a lot. And just like Willie, we want to pass it on and try to help anybody that we can. Now, uh, can people get some Willie King merchandise? So will, will his CDs and things be for sale uh, at the festival? We actually don't have any Willie CDs here. Um, we um, They're a little hard to get hold of nowadays. Oh. Um, but we do. there are some. I'm also on the, on the Prayer Belt Blues Foundation board, and we have some Willie King CDs at that museum, which is in West Point, Mississippi. And I know that Roger Stahl has some at Cathead. Um, and, of course, you can always go online and find some. Um, we had... Um, um, we will have CDs from Eden Brand from Vastai, which both, of course, are great recording artists. Yes. Absolutely. Now, do you have a special exhibit up um, at the Art Center right now? Well, we have actually a photograph exhibit by Mississippi, another Mississippi photographer, Alan Creel, which is a lot of rural settings that really kind of fits in with the blues. Um, and then we have uh, another exhibit of 
Willie King memorabilia that we have from here at the Arts Council. Willie started doing concerts back here for us back in 2005, so we have a good little collection of things. Um, he was a, just a great, dear, dear friend of ours, and we're very blessed to have him do several concerts here for us. Oh, that's great, Beverly. We really appreciate what you guys are doing. And now tell folks who are interested in coming over, maybe to hear uh, Eden play some piano tonight or Vasti uh, share some songs from his new album tomorrow. Where can they go to find tickets? How can they get involved? Um, well, they can call here at the Columbus Arts Council, and the number is 662-328-2787, or they can go online at columbus-arts.org and can still get PayPal tickets until this afternoon. We're about sold out for tonight, um, and we're doing pretty well for Saturday night as well. So if they want tickets, I would encourage them to hurry up and get them because our theater only seats about 85 people. It's a great, intimate listening space. Uh, folks come up there and have a really great time. Um, but, it, but like I said, we do have kind of limited tickets. All right. Well, uh, Beverly, thank you so much for being on today, and I hope the weekend goes well. We appreciate you being on with us. Thank you so very much. All right, so uh, we're going to transition from the blues and talk a little bit about film. Uh, we have our a guest on, Angela Baker, who's going to talk with us about the Magnolia Film Festival, which is happening this weekend. Good morning to you, Angela. Thanks for being on. Yes, thank you for having me. So this festival, I think, is celebrating about 20 years. That is a long yeah. time. <laughs> so tell us yeah, how, how, it got, how it got started. Pardon? Yeah, how did the festival started get started? In, it was started in 1997 by... Um, the late run tibbet and um it started in west point mississippi and um it is the oldest and it's the first film festival in mississippi and he passed away tragically in 2003 and um we have kept the festival going well, uh, just reading reviews about the festival online, it's really a filmmaker's festival. I, a lot of the people who've come to your festival in the past just rave and rave about um, how this is just a great place for budding creatives and a great place to learn from one another. Um, is that part of the mission you have there, to nurture um, other creative filmmakers, or is this really just about screening the films? Oh, no, ma'am. Um, Brian started this as a a venue, you know, for Mississippi filmmakers to come and talk about their talents and to network and, um, you know, with other filmmakers, you know, from across the country and even other countries um, outside of the U.S. Um, he, he, he thrived on hospitality, and we have kept that going. Um, we, you know, we put the filmmakers up. We take them out, you know, for, we create, you know, we have several socials for them so they can interact um, 929 Coffee House in the morning is going to have a um, mingle with the filmmakers breakfast, and we're inviting the public. Um, it's just really going to be it's a it's a very filmmaker friendly festival. So you mentioned that you have some folks coming uh, from all over. I've read that you have a, a Hungarian filmmaker coming in. Could you talk a little yeah. bit more about some of the movies that are going to be screened? Um, well, last night we screened a an acclaimed war doc, uh, disturbing the peace. Um, which has been written up in um, the Washington Post and New York Times. Wow. Tonight we're, uh, we're screening a wonderful movie called Slip Away, and filmmaker um, Daniel Wentz from California. It's a wonderful film. We're also screening our youngest attending filmmaker this year is 10 years old, and her film is called Dear New President. It's a wonderfully made film. Um, she will be in attendance. Um, tomorrow night we're screening... The Atoning, directed by Michael Williams, um, he's, it was from West Point. Um, total this year, we have six Mississippi films. We have seven foreign films. Um, 
we just got some all we've got an awesome lineup this year Wow, that's wonderful. I, I like the variety, and I love that there's no uh, no discrimination on age. You're bringing in filmmakers who are 10 years old and probably some who are, you know, uh, up to their 70s or 80s. Um, now, tell us a little bit about where the film festival takes place. Are you out and about throughout Startville, or is it centralized in one location? It is centralized at the Hollywood Premier Cinemas, and that's on Stark Road. Um, tonight we start at seven o'clock. We're going to have a red. We're going to have our own red carpet event. We like to call it Startle's version of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hosted by Sean Dias and Heather Warren. We're going to have the same red carpet event tomorrow night. It's going to be streamed live on our Facebook page. Um, we will have matinee screenings from one to four, and then tomorrow night seven to ten. Then we'll have awards at ten o'clock. Now, are you partnering partnering with other businesses uh, in the area, other restaurants? Uh, is everybody coming together to make this a success? We we have several sponsors um, from the area of Bowles Marketplace, McAllister's, Copy Cow, um, Broadcast Media Group, um, Kirby Construction. This year, we've just been blessed with a variety of uh, community sponsors that are helping us um, to keep you know keep keep the festival alive and also make this one a success. And we're very appreciative of that. Now, how are first-time attendees supposed to pace themselves at this festival? For those who are not familiar with the format, uh, what should they be expecting? Um, well, they're going to come in, and, uh, and we screen several shorts, then we have a 10-minute break, and then we do our feature, which is traditionally from an hour to an hour and a half long. And then we have a 15-minute Q&A toward the attending filmmakers whose film screened that night. The audience will be able to ask them questions you know, regarding, hey, how did you get this? You know, how did you get this film going? How long did it take? You know, what's been your favorite moment of filmmaking? Just personal stuff like that. And the filmmakers love it. Wow. So it is interactive throughout. Oh, yes. Yes. And okay. the filmmakers, you know, they're they're out and about at the theater. And, of course, the attendees get to just talk and mingle with them. The filmmakers are easily identifiable. And people just go up and they're very friendly and very it's, it's a very, very filmmaker-friendly festival. Sounds good, uh, Angela. Well, let us know where people can go to uh, get a grip on the schedule and uh, find out more information about the Magnolia Film Festival. Yes, ma'am. They can go to startablearts.net, and they can see the lineup tonight and tomorrow. They can purchase tickets at Hollywood Premier Cinemas um, anytime. Uh, we have uh, student passes uh, for $5 per screening and adults $10, or they can buy a VIP pass, um, the students for 15 and um, adults for 40 um, and that gets you into all the parties and such and access to the VIP room. Um, we've still got lots more films to go, so I, I really hope the public will come out and support it. All right. Well, uh, Angela, thank you so much for being on today. We appreciate it, and I hope you have a, a great weekend and successful festival. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. All right. Uh, when we get back, we're going to learn about a Grammy Museum Mississippi event uh, still to come. Uh, John Grady Burns is going to talk with us about Second Saturday in Natchez, and Kevin Kirby is going to talk about the hop-on-hop-off hop bus uh, thing going on in Natchez as well. It's really cool. Uh, if you want to give us a call this morning and let us know about any local events going on in your area, what's going on in your part of town, on your part of Mississippi that you'd like to let us know about, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. And uh, we have Jane Dawkins on the line with us, and we're going to talk with her about an exhibit that's opening at Grammy Museum, Mississippi. Good morning to you, Jane. Thanks for being on. Good morning. All right, so tell us about this exhibit, the Taylor Swift Experience. Um, am I right in that it has already been exhibited at the Grammy Museum LA, and now we're getting it here in Mississippi? That's correct. Um, it is uh, the Derby Museum in L.A.'s biggest exhibit, um, or most popular exhibit, I should say, to date. And uh, it just opened today at the museum here in Cleveland, Mississippi. Oh, well, now that is exciting. I'm sure you're covered up with what I believe is called, a, or what are called, is called Swifties? <laughs> yes, we, we are hoping <laughs> that we will be. Absolutely. So tell us what are some things that uh, are going to be featured. I know one of her Louis Vuitton dresses is, is going to be on site. What are some things that people are going to see to help them connect to Taylor Swift? Well, there's a lot of fun, um, different, you know, artifacts, outfits, interactives, but I don't want to say too much. Um, so I'll just have to tell everyone to check out GrammyMuseumMS.org, and you can read more about what's on view, and then you can also purchase tickets um, in advance to come and make sure that you get a time slot here to come and see the exhibit for yourself. Well, and I actually did um, get to experience this exhibit in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And at the time, I really was kind of neither here nor there with Taylor Swift. This ex- exhibit really sold me on her as a creative person, as a as an artist. And um, I do encourage everyone to get to Cleveland for the exhibit. But, uh, Jane Marie, you've also got a lot of programming um, associated with the exhibit as well. Yes, so we have a program um, tonight, actually, and it's a it's an early program. It's at 5.30. Liz Rose will be here. Um, we have an evening with Liz Rose, and she's coming from Nashville. She is a songwriter um, and owns a music publishing company in, in Nashville. She co-wrote a lot of songs with Taylor um, when Taylor was first getting started that are on her first two albums. And um, she also won a Grammy for the song she wrote with Little Big Town uh, Girl Crush a couple years ago. And she was here during our grand opening last year, but um, she's a very, very talented, um, genuine person, and she's amazing. I'm really excited to hear more from her tonight. Um, And that program will be moderated by Scott Goldman, who's here from Los Angeles. He is the vice president of the Grammy Foundation and Music Cares. So he's here to celebrate our opening um, of the Taylor Swift experience and also to moderate this program with Liz. And Liz will be talking about her work and um, she's just such a great storyteller too and she'll be performing a few songs as well so we're thrilled to have her here now how long is uh, the taylor swift exhibit going to be up at the museum it is just open today and it will be open until august 13th Uh, and what else is going on in the museum i've uh, unfortunately not gotten a chance to visit just yet but uh, what are some other things people can do in addition to uh, stop by and view this exhibit Yeah, well, we have, um, you know, lots of different permanent exhibits that are just incredible. Everything here is very interactive, um, and one of the really special features of this museum is that we have a Mississippi exhibit area where we have different artifacts for Mississippians. Um, We have a huge music table where you can see um, and read and listen to music from Mississippi artists and learn more about them and 
who influenced them and who they may have influenced. So um, it's very Mississippi heavy, and we want you to know why this museum is here. So there's a lot of, like I said, interactives that tell that story in the museum. And we have programs going on all spring, so you can check those out on our website at grammymuseumofus.org, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more updates on programs as we announce them. Excellent. Well, Jane, thank you so much for being on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, we need to take a quick break. And uh, Mayor Margaret, one day you're going to have to just take me up there. Just, just, you know, just take me away. Sweep me away. I want to go. Jason just needs <laughs> to give us the day off. He does. Jason, I hope he's listening. Uh, <laughs> me, you and Sam will go hang out at the Grammy Museum. Uh, Jane, thanks for being on. We're going to take a quick break and we get back. We'll learn about a couple cool things coming up in Natchez. Uh, the second Saturday event. Also, the Hop On, Hop Off bus. We'll talk about that. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to let us know about any local events coming up in your area. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent in studio with Mayor Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. And today we've been talking about lots of things going on around Mississippi. And our next stop is Natchez. John Grady Burns is on the line and he's going to speak with us a little bit about Second Saturday in Natchez. Good morning to you, John. Thanks for being on today. Well, good morning. How are you today? Doing very well. Uh, so is Second Saturday in Natchez, is this something that's just getting started or has it been going on for a while in Natchez? Always oh, been going on for many years now. <laughs> We're just trying to find a way to add new layers to it. All right. So, what happens at a, a second Saturday? I, I know there are a lot of, um, you know, local shops in the area, local restaurants. Uh, what can people expect at a second Saturday event? One of the big things that we're, we're adding to it is the shops who would like to participate. We've chosen a color for each month, and we'll buy balloons and we'll tie the balloons out front of the shop on second Saturday so that you'll know that particular shop is participating. And when you come into the shop uh, for a purchase of $20 or more, your name can go into a a little drawing box. And at the end of the day, all of the shops will combine their names. And fortunately, we have two great prizes each month. And one of them is $100 cash, which is donated by the Graham's Hotel, which is located, you know, downtown Natchez. And the second uh, person name drawn, uh, the Natchez Bed and Breakfast Association is giving a one-night stay for someone who is either local or a tourist, either way. Well, those are both wonderful prizes uh, and a great incentive to go in and uh, shop and spend a little money and a little something for yourself or maybe a friend. Now, um, you you are a, a Natchez business owner as well. Is that correct? That is correct. So, um I- Go ahead. I was going to say I have a little shop called Nest. And uh, and, and Nest is, is, is not just a uh, kind of traditional florist. You've got really kind of a unique angle to uh, the work you do there. It's really kind of fun. I, I did not want to be a typical flower shop. Um, so I, it's mo- more about plants. I have seasonal blooming plants, different types of bulbs in the spring, hydrangeas, 
uh, different types of bromeliads, uh, import orchids uh, from Hawaii, and they're all unusual orchids, so it's not the standard Phalaenopsis orchid. And then, of course, we have gifts and other items as well, but it's it's all about nature. It's very organic, and we have live birds in the shop that are our pets. Wow. So nice. when you come in, you hear the birds singing, and you see the nature, and I find it a very a tranquil place to go into work each day. Now, and with Second Saturday, um, the, the notion is that you're open a little later than usual. Well, not necessarily. We um, we used to do that, but we felt like different uh, retailers could reach their clientele uh, in a different manner. So what it is, it's all day long. It's Second Saturday, so it's the entire work day, and each uh, retail shop can participate in whatever manner they would like. If they want to offer a certain uh, line on sale or a certain percentage off, or in my case, I have some food products that we're going to have a tasting all day on Saturday. So you can come in and taste the different products that we carry. But we felt like that way each retailer could reach their customer in a nice way as opposed to just limiting it to a short period of time during the day. All right. Well, John, this sounds really, really cool. So basically all people need (laughs) is just some comfortable shoes and a great attitude, a great shopping attitude. (laughs) Exactly. And come visit Natchez. All right, John, we appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Uh, And we're going to stay in Natchez and be joined by Kevin Kirby, who's going to talk with us about the Hop On, Hop Off tour bus, which is happening in Natchez. I'm telling you, Natchez, it's not a boring place. I've gone, and for it to be such a small town, there is a lot to do. Uh, Kevin, good morning to you. Thanks for being on. Well, thank you so much. Good morning, Sharita. Hey, talk with us about this Hop On, Hop Off tour bus thing. Um, I believe it's kind of an international thing, but it's now made its way to Natchez. What does this? What does the bus look like? It, it, it's a great thing. Talk about hopping things happening in Natchez. This is just another addition to all the great things that are taking place. This is a very visible, highly impactful, double-decker-style bus that's open on top. So that open-top bus, is a is part of an international uh, organization that has locations throughout the world. This very visible bus is known as City Sightseeing, and City Sightseeing is branded by the community that it's in. In the U.S., it's in 10 locations. We're the smallest city or smallest international city with a presence in the U.S. We share a partnership with New York and Chicago and D.C. and L.A. and Philly, Miami, and New Orleans, and New Orleans is the uh, site from which this concept emanated uh, by Nancy and Warren Ruther, who uh, are heavily involved and very, very interested in the hospitality industry, not only in New Orleans, but certainly in Natchez, Mississippi. So they've brought two buses up, and these buses will traverse throughout town and for the first time in a long time, give people the opportunity to get kind of the Cook's tour, the bigger picture, if you will, the map of Natchez, so that they can then go back and figure out what they want to spend more time at. One of the true benefits is it's a hop-on, hop-off bus. So what you have is the ability at 10 designated stops to hop off, take in the sights, sounds, whatever might be there that interests you, and then hop on when the next bus comes around and probably, you know, a 40, a 20 to 40-minute gap there. 
So it's really a way for people, not only the residents of a community, sometimes uh, need some transportation opportunities, but certainly from the standpoint of a visitor who comes and is at the visitor center and says, how can I see the, the city kind of in an umbrella fashion? And this is a perfect opportunity for them to hop on at the visitor center and make their way through the city and cover a number of uh, important sites. Well, I love the I love the concept of hopping on and hopping off. I'm one of those travelers where I have a hard time committing. So the <laughs> idea of, of going on a bus tour where I might be, you know, stuck on a bus for five hours really kind of unnerves me. So this uh, notion that you really do have a bit more control over how you spend your time and your day, but the option to still get that great information um, is there. Exactly. You know, the concept is to really enjoy the experience in a fun and an exciting manner, to take in the history, the sites of the community, but doing it in a way that allows flexibility for the tourist Excellent. or the visitor well, Kevin, who is there. Kevin, we have about 30 seconds left. Could you tell us uh, where people can go to find out more about the Hop On, Hop Off tour bus? Yes. Uh, tickets are available at the Visitor Center, the Grand Hotel, and the Monmouth Historic Inn and Gardens. And the number to reach to order tickets or get more details is 601-445-8413. All right, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. That's right. And, and when you're down in Natchez, next Wednesday, March 8th, we're going to be celebrating YZ Ely's 80th birthday, the great Natchez blues man at Rolling River Bistro. Party starts at 6. Be there to help celebrate this wonderful man and 80 years of really good blues music. All right, Mayor Margaret, thank you for being on today. Thanks to Sam Wells uh, for producing and running the board. Coming up next, Southern Remedy for Women. Stay tuned right here on MPB Think Radio.